In the interest of getting back to business topics, I wanted to talk about inflation and bring this up uh, for you today. There was really what spurred this was uh, an outrage that I had over an ad that I heard for uh, some business podcast that, uh, gosh, I can't even remember the name of it. And when I say outrage, I'm, I'm partly joking. I don't fly into a rage and start punching things, but I often will turn the volume down on the radio and because uh, in this case, that's where I was listening to it. And afterwards, we'll debate why whoever, why I disagree with whoever is speaking. Um, it's a tactic that I picked up when I was at uh, the Model UN and or part of that club where you would listen to, if you had to debate a certain position, you would take a video that your opposition had put out, you would listen to it, you'd shut it off, put yourself in debate mode, turn it back on, and you would have a mock debate that way and that would be your prep for the real thing so i still carry that over into today when i hear uh radio ads and segments for things that i disagree with whether they be people who are solely about being debt free or a hunt being about a hundred percent in the market things like that and so when I'm, I'm listening to this ad for a podcast and the promo is a clip from one of their shows and the guy says you know people are talking about stimulus checks why does that matter in terms of buying precious metals or something to that effect well stimulus checks don't obviously equal um, precious metals in many cases for many people unfortunately they include car parts and pornography those were Owen oh, shoes those were the top three things purchased by uh, by people who receive stimulus checks. I suppose in all three cases they are helping the local economy, but there are probably smarter ways to spend it. But the correlation between precious metals and stimulus checks doesn't have to do in just the fact that you're receiving money, but it's about where it came from. It's because you're receiving funds from a system that is that has the government debt in, in mind not necessarily your personal debt or what you spend it on. And this is because debtors can use inflation to their benefit. Now, what is inflation? Now, uh, I should remind those who don't know what it is. It's essentially the appearance of rising prices due to the devaluation of the dollar. Quite literally, like pouring water into a soup broth, the more dollars that are printed, the more effect that it has on the value of the dollars already in print. This is because the dollars aren't backed by anything in terms of there's no standard that they are representing. The fact the dollar is essentially based on the fact that the Federal Reserve exists and that the dollars themselves exist. And that is a complex system to break down that's a bit too long for this video, although I am writing a book on the subject. Just let me know if you want to pre-order that. However, that's not why I wanted to bring this topic to you. I wanted to bring this topic to you because there is no turning the clock back on inflation. And I think, I believe, and I myself am in this position, I believe that precious metals are 
important when it comes to a financial plan. Do I think it should be the plan? Should it be the base? No. But it needs to be part of the plan because inflation is inevitable. So it's one of those things where you have to take it off the board as a risk to your client, I believe. Just like you have to minimize taxation, just like you have to maximize insurance coverage, not cost, you have to account for inflation. And the fact that there could be rampant inflation and the fact that the national debt is now going to be over $30 trillion, and we're going to have uh, the interest on the debt that costs us more than the military does per year. It doesn't seem like good governance. At a time when the economy is not going in the right direction, I understand the Dow is doing all right, but that's a lot of speculation and a lot of uh, day trading, a lot of federal injection of funds. Again, stock market's doing all right, but GDP growth is going to be severely impacted by the lockdowns and the further rioting. So precious metals are one way that you can hedge against inflation. And I actually did an interview a while back that you can go back and, and listen to with my friend uh, Jerry Feta, and this is one of his fortes. And he's somebody who, who I respect and who I listen to, especially on this subject, and he's somebody who has uh, gold in his personal plan, I believe, I have, personally, I have silver. Uh, it's a little bit cheaper, a little bit in better uh, in better quantities. I think silver is a little bit more spendable. Not to say that gold is, is absolutely worthless or that, you know, silver is definitely better. But at the price point that I was comfortable with, silver was the better option. I could get more bang for my buck. But, of course, if you, as you scale it higher, gold becomes much more valuable in terms of what you get for your dollar. And also, gold is indirectly correlated to the market. This means that if the market's doing well, gold levels off. If the market goes down, gold shoots up. More people buy it. More people are interested in buying it. And people start to think about market factors in a way they weren't during uh, good economic times. And I think you're seeing that on display here. So that's why you're seeing people move more into precious metals. And also, during a market crash, a lot of people move to safer positions. And precious metals are much safer positions than the stock market. Now, bonds have been pretty much wiped out by the continued slashing of the rate to by the Fed to help banks loosen up and to help uh, and keep loaning money and to help money stay cheap and try to incentivize uh, people to borrow money and keep capital flowing to the banks uh, naturally so that the Fed doesn't have to go and bail them out. It's the way that modern banking has been run ever since the 20th, the early 20th century, really, uh, even just before World War I. And the final point I wanted to make before we get out of here is there's a lot of talk about the Federal Reserve. There's a lot of talk in the Ron Paul sort of libertarian wing about getting rid of the Federal Reserve, going back to the gold standard so that the dollar would be stronger, that the dollar would be supported by the value of gold. You would see uh, prices drop because dollar, the dollar would become much more valuable. Unfortunately, that would hurt the U.S. government when it comes to paying their debts. 
you know, famously, we never really paid off our World War II debt. We more or less just inflated it away. We made the dollar so worthless, essentially, compared to when we took out the loan, that it was pennies on the dollar to pay it back. And debtors love inflation. We have a country now that consumer debt is at an all-time high. Whether it's student loans, whether it's, it's financing, whatever it is, people are more willing to carry debt. And to go back to the gold standard would, would hurt a lot of those people. Do, am I for the gold standard? Yes, in principle. But I'm not so sure that it's actually feasible. And I'll bring this back to you in a second. But I wanted to make this last point here. There's a principle, historically, that you can never turn the clock back. And this goes back to what the Europeans tried after the Napoleonic Wars. You see, uh, uh, Napoleon came in with these liberal French ideas, and I mean liberal in the old political sense, and he deposed a lot of the kings, the old Germanic kings. He instituted the Napoleonic Code, and a lot of our sort of modern democratic ideals spread across Central Europe. And in the Congress of Vienna, uh, the Austrian Prime Minister uh, Metternich, known as, uh, who had his own faction called the Metternich faction in Austria, tried to turn back the clock. They put, uh, they reinstated the monarchy in France. They put all the Germanic kings back on the throne. They undid politically a lot of what had been accomplished during the Napoleonic Wars. And this came to a violent end during the springtime of nations in the 1840s, where the French Republic was restored, where some German uh, free cities and territories turned back into uh, republics or some sort of free system. And it really began in earnest uh, the German unification movement. And I say this because the banking system now is so intertwined with the private industry that there's such a corporatism, there's such a, a, an economic corporatism that we have today, I don't think we can turn back the clock. I don't think, much like what, what was tried during the Napoleonic Wars, I don't think you can forcibly turn back the clock. That this is an inevitable modern finance system. Whether we're worse for the wear for it, I don't know. Maybe it just comes down to simple education. Are we going to put, are we going to teach people how to use debt if it's so widely available? Should we teach people how to leverage? And if that's the case, then we should probably change the way that our products are pushed to the market especially the, the products, the, the Wall Street products. But whether or not the financial industry is going to change with that, I can't say. But here's what it means for you. Inflation is inevitable. Politically, I don't think we're turning back the clock. Practically, it means we're probably going to have to grab some precious metals. Are you going to use stimulus money for it? It's up to you. I'm just the messenger. But my name is Kevin Prendeville, and this has been your financial lesson for the day.